1: a real treat for you today for Song of the Soul. Eileen McGann is a singer-songwriter living on Vancouver Island in British Columbia. She has an astounding voice and a deep searching heart. Plus she has a handful of masters and PhD degrees, none of which are in the area of music. Her connection to the natural world and her ability to name the presence of spirit there, these are gifts which flow out through her music. Let's join Eileen McGann now in her home looking out on the Pacific Ocean. Eileen, it's wonderful to have you here today for Song of the Soul.
2: Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here.
1: I know that there's always a lot of good things going on in your life, but you mentioned to me a few moments ago that you've got a song book coming out soon. Tell me about that. It's a very exciting project.
2: We're really excited about it. It's a publisher from Ontario. Berlin Publishing. They're going to be publishing an entire songbook of all my recorded songs, plus a few other extra songs that have never been recorded. So it's going to be a complete work songbook. It should be out in just a few months. It's going to have not just the lyrics and the music and the chord charts, but also some of my drawings and snippets from interviews that they did with me over the course of three days just recently.
1: Well, you've got a lot of beautiful music. Why don't we get started on it right away? I'm going to ask you about your spiritual religious journey as we go along. But give us a song to get us on the journey.
2: Wisdom Guide Me is a prayer for guidance. I was going through a hard time. I was waiting for some medical tests. I was wondering what things held for me. And as I was going along this beautiful road on Vancouver Island, a group of blackbirds went overhead high up, so I couldn't really see what they were, and I started thinking about what they're seeing as opposed to what I'm seeing, and all the different traditions around black birds, and how they can mean wisdom, or how they can be tricksters, or how they can be involved in creation legends in in different cultures, or in the Celtic cultures, they're also symbols of death. And I looked across the water, saw the edges of a storm as the day ended, and that's where this song came from.
1: Wisdom Guide Me. It's by Eileen McGann here today for Song of the Soul.
2: On
3: the road to freedom, there's a blackbird singing. Wisdom, guide me through my fear. It's a song of joy, sets my whole soul ringing. So, wisdom, be my guide. When the map is lost and the road's confusing, wisdom guide me through my fear. When the path's divided and there's no clear choosing, then wisdom be my guide. Oh, a time of trouble is a time of turning. Wisdom guide me through my fear. It's a sharp heart focus on your deepest yearning, so wisdom be my guide. Oh, blackbird fly, seeing far, seeing wide, whoa. Wisdom, guide me through my fear When the lightning's flashing and the thunder's booming Then wisdom, be my guide Remember every heart has a silver lining Wisdom, guide me through my fear It knows beyond the storm there's a bright joy shining So wisdom, be my guide Blackbird fly, seeing far, seeing wide, whoa, lift me high, wisdom be my guide, on the road to freedom there's a blackbird singing, wisdom guide me. Through my fear. It's a song of joy, sets my whole soul ringing, so wisdom, be my guide. Oh, blackbird fly, seeing far, seeing wide. Oh, lift me high. Wisdom, be my
1: song about wisdom wisdom guide me by Eileen McGann you know Eileen in there you mentioned about Celtic background I think you're a thoroughbred Irish woman so is Celtic just kinda in your blood is it something you studied
2: Well, I I was born to Irish parents in Canada. My father was born in Dublin. My mum grew up in an Irish community in Wales. So, yeah, I was steeped in Irish culture and music right from the time I was very small. So, legends and different kinds of stories and fairy tales of the Celts is part of just what I grew up with.
1: Mention a little bit about your educational background. It's so extensive.
2: Briefly, as an undergrad, I took some Celtic studies courses. I didn't major in that but I did take a couple of courses there And I also do Celtic knotwork as part of what I do in my visual art there's a spiritual element to Celtic knotwork it's a meditative tool and it's also full of symbolic meaning non-specific symbolic meaning my connection with Celtic culture has been ongoing and it's very deep in me and it also really set me off as a professional musician I grew up surrounded by Irish music my very first public performances, as a professional musician, or as an Irish traditional singer.
1: I think that religiously, if you're thoroughbred Irish, you probably were raised Catholic, as was I. Say a little bit about that. What kind of experience, how much you carried that forward, how much part of your life it was?
2: I was definitely raised seriously Irish Catholic. My whole family was Catholic, most of the community, and I went to Catholic school well. I spent 19 years in Catholic educational institutions, so there's no question I was deeply imbued in Catholic culture and Catholic theology. In my early 20s, when I was in university, it became clear to me that this was not where my spiritual home was, so I haven't been Catholic since then. But there's no question about the influence that it's had in my life, and I certainly appreciate especially the academic studies that I did in Catholic institutions.
1: Give us another song, maybe some kind of intersection with that upbringing or where it's taken you since then.
2: Well, one of the things that I do appreciate from my Catholic childhood is a belief in angels, angels as guardian spirits, that there are positive, loving forces around us that we can call upon for guidance. And I think it's something we really need. There's been kind of an explosion of angel stuff around us in the last decade or two, people who are not necessarily raised Catholic, have been discovering angels and making a belief in angels a part of their lives. And I think it's a very positive thing, and I think it's a sign of the the deep longing for a connection with spirit that we still have in our culture, whether or not people are connected with churches. So this song is about making that connection and asking for that help.
3: The night is so dark sometimes I forget daybreak comes and it can be lovely, even for me, and in the sweet light of dawn, I swear. somehow the memory fades in the dusk. So let there be
1: be angels. That beautiful voice is that of Eileen McGann, here with us today for Song of the Soul. Lives up in Canada, British Columbia. Does this mean that you're primarily a nature girl? Do you live out in the country, or is there a city nearby? What's it like around you?
2: I live in a village, quite a, a small place, about 5,000 people. I live kind of in a suburb of the village. When I look out every window of my house, I see trees, and out of a couple of windows, I get a glimpse of ocean. So, yes, I'm a nature girl. (laughs) My mom used to call me the woodland sprite because that's where I love to be.
1: I think, Eileen, you're also something of an activist. I've heard a couple of your songs that are in that vein, and I do hope to have you back soon for my Spirit in Action program. I think that you infuse all of your music with kind of, uh, it's, it, you're trying to lead people in a direction, but you're trying to do it with a spiritual force. That seems pervasive in your music. Can you give us some music that speaks of how you want to help people move along?
2: I think there, there certainly is a consistency in all the different kinds of songs that I write mm. that have spirit and a worldview view Underlying them. So whether they're political songs or songs about nature or specifically songs about spirit or the historical songs that I do or the Celtic songs that I do that come from the tradition. I think there's a similar flow of spirit, a certain worldview that comes through them all. One thing that I aspire to do in my music is to give some hope. To not just look at the dark side of things. There are so many people who are depressed in our society right now. One in five, they say, is on antidepressants. It's very easy when you're involved in fighting for what you perceive to be justice and what is good and what is right to let the focus move from the justice and what is good and right to the things that are wrong. When you focus on the things that are wrong, when you put your attention there, it can really drag your spirit down. So this song is about changing the the way that you look, changing the direction of focus away from the things that may be the cause of your movement but changing your focus to what is hopeful and what is bright and letting a vision of a better future draw you rather than a reaction against the wrongs that you see. So the song Look Up in Hope that's on the Light album is about moving towards the light and making that focus be what gives you wings. Look up in hope
3: Look up in wonder Where your eyes shine Our footsteps will follow Look up in joy Reach out for freedom Where your heart flies now You'll find yourself tomorrow No more weeping No more turning back No more clawing at The wounds that never yield No more peering into that darkened room time to lift your heart and see what's now revealed look up in hope look up in wonder where your eyes shine there your footsteps will follow look up in joy reach out for freedom where your heart flies now you'll find yourself tomorrow. No more speaking all of your darkest fears. No more conjuring the things you want to leave. Paint your vision in all of your brightest hues. Then step inside the painting and create what you believe. Look up in hope up in wonder where your eyes shine there your footsteps will follow look up in joy reach out for freedom where your heart flies now you'll find yourself tomorrow You stare into the shadows, they may swallow you. Looking back, you'll only see what's gone. But gaze unto the sky and you'll feel the wings to fly. Unfolding from your shoulder blades like petals in the dawn. Look up in hope, look up in wonder, where your eyes shine footsteps will follow, look up in joy, reach out for freedom, where your heart flies now, you'll find yourself tomorrow, where your heart flies now, you'll find yourself tomorrow.
1: Eileen McGann's song, Look Up in Hope. Certainly the right message for this world. You're so right on, Eileen, about how the negativity, as, as people grapple with issues, can be so pervasive. I'm kind of interested, Eileen, you mentioned that was from the CD Light. I know that light appears throughout Bible, but I don't think it's a primary metaphor for God or primary description of the divine, but evidently it's one that you're comfortable with. Could you say a little bit about your spiritual journey, where you've come to, I guess?
2: Well, as that song said, Look Up and Hope, if you stare into the darkness, it can swallow you. And I guess that's something that I've learned in my own spiritual journey, that that's a dangerous way to go. And yet, for those of us who are wanting to make a better world, who are wanting to connect with other people in a positive and spiritual way and change the direction that the world is going, you kind of have to look to get a reality check on what is wrong and then move towards a brighter picture. And unless you have that brighter picture in your mind, it's hard to make it real. It's hard to manifest it if you can't already visualize it. But that's been a bit of a journey for me to get to that place. For a while, especially when I was younger, I thought it was all about fighting against injustice, speaking truth to power, which I think is still really important. But for me, in my personal spiritual journey, I found that it has to come from a place of moving towards light rather than pushing against the dark.
1: What you're saying uh, resonate with completely. I'm just kind of wondering what got you from your initial Catholic upbringing to this point of view. The phrases you use, you know, speak truth to power, moving towards the light, are things that are second nature to me as a Quaker. I mean, that is how Quakers always speak, and I think that those phrases originate from within Quaker circles. What influences have have you traveled with as you've gone on from your 20s? Well,
2: Among the things I studied when I was in school was philosophy, and I think the biggest influence for me was Plato. His idea of there being ideals, and that those ideals are what is really real and that everything else is simply a pale reflection or a shadow of those ideals has really resonated with me. It has also been clear to me from, I think, quite an early age that we were taught that the creator of the universe was a God of love and that we're made in his image, or her image. A God of love who is creative must also be joyful. Anyone who can make giraffes must be a joyful being. And that clashed, for me, with most doctrine, most church doctrines of most churches. And I eventually found that I was not a doctrinal person, that I believed in spirit but not doctrine, and that God great spirit, the creator, whatever name you want to give it, is so much bigger than anything we can write down in a book. We can't box in that creative power behind the universe. And so if we start with the idea that this being is a being of love and goodness and creativity, then that idea makes the path for us. And it becomes the touchstone that you judge different options by. Is this option going to take me towards love and joy and creativity and connection or is it something that takes me away from that so my path since leaving catholicism has been pretty much non-church but looking at what is spirit and how do we walk that path of creativity joy connection love compassion
1: that sounds like a wonderful path to be walking you mentioned you know celtic and the the other religious and philosophical ideas you've been connected to I think there's a pretty strong First Nations movement across Canada. Has that been at all influential with you, in particular since you're such a nature girl?
2: I found through the years that there are so many connecting elements between First Nations people and Irish, not only historical parallels, sociological parallels, but also a way of interacting with nature and seeing nature as being part of a continuum with humans. So it's been both influential and fascinating to see these connections between my personal ancestral traditions and the traditions of the people who first lived in this country. One of the things I love about Celtic knotwork is the way that it interconnects different kinds of beings. So in a Celtic knotwork pattern, from Lindisfarne Gospels or the Book of Kells, you might see a person with a spirit knot coming out of the top of his head, and that knot will wind around and turn into leaves, into a tree, into a wolf, into a goose, and then come back and join up with another person. And and just that sense of interconnectedness is part of the First Nations tradition as well as the Irish and Celtic traditions. And I really appreciate that. And being a nature girl, as you put it, it, it really speaks to me, and it always has. A number of years ago, I was approached by a First Nations man at a folk festival who was talking about my songwriting and really liked how I wrote and asked me if I would write a song for him about an Indian boy on a journey. I was very flattered to be asked, but I was also a little taken aback because I wanted to be sure that he'd noticed that I was a white Irish Canadian woman being asked to write a song about an Indian boy. And so it took me a long time to write the song. and, And where I made the connection that allowed me to write this song was... When I was in England, staying with a friend who was from Northern Ireland, and we had a long talk about what it is like to live as a member of a nation who's had your land taken from you. What it's like to live among people who historically have been your oppressors and may still be actively racist or having preconceptions about you. And she had a little prayer on her bathroom wall that was a pledge to not continue to Perpetuate Irish stereotypes. And there were, in those days, an awful lot of Irish stereotypes and, and people were still making Irish jokes and they still do. And there was a sense that Irish were drunks and Irish were non-reliable and Irish time. And the pledge was, don't participate in that. Don't tell or laugh at or encourage Irish jokes or perpetuate stereotypes in the way that you live your life. And it was in thinking about that that I was able to make the connection to this request that I'd gotten about writing a song about an Indian boy on a journey, and I realized that it's not just about oppressed nations, it's about all of us who, at some point in our lives, are being told who we have to be, whether it's as women, or as members of a historically oppressed race that we've internalized, or whether it's people who have been abused as children. There's often, for many of us, a struggle to assert our own identity in the face of somebody else's very powerful idea of who we ought to be. And so the Song Reservations is about breaking away from that and finding the road to that authenticity, a road that doesn't involve simply escaping or running away or moving to addiction, but moving through that to a place of finding the self that is authentic.
3: Sometimes the road has seemed my enemy Sometimes my only friend And for every time I've wondered where it's leading me There's been three times I have prayed to be blinded to the end There's been three times I have prayed to be blinded to the end I've been searching for a place where my heart belongs Since I left my reservation home well, the journey's been long and the learning's come hard But at last I've learned I need reservations of my own Yes, at last I've learned I need reservations of my own I reserve to myself my own soul I reserve to myself my pride and though I reserve my judgment I affirm myself in all the places I have been denied I reserve to myself my abilities of mind and And the right to move to the rhythm of my heart and the beat of my own ground. <laughs> for i left to escape from the emptiness around me not knowing it was planted in my head the empty spaces ended up consuming me instead till i dreamed of the wind on the mountaintop and i heard a voice ask my name and i didn't know the answer and i cried aloud and it asked again ah what price do you pay to hide your pain Oh, what price do I pay to hide my pain? See, I've been running from the place where my heart belongs Since I left my reservation home The journey's been long and the learning's come hard But at last I've learned I need reservations of my own Yes, at last I've learned I need reservations of my own. I reserve to myself my own soul. I reserve to myself my pride. And though I reserve my judgment, I affirm myself in all the places. I've been denied I reserve to myself my abilities Of mind and hand and tongue And the right to move To the rhythm of my heart And the beat of my own drum I reserve to myself my own soul I reserve to myself my pride And though I reserve my judgment I affirm myself in all the places I have been denied I reserve to myself my abilities Of mind and hand and tongue And the right to move to the rhythm of my heart the beat of my own and the beat of my own
1: Reservations. Isn't it wonderful how the things that are our wounds can become our strengths, right, Eileen?
2: Mm-hmm. When you move past that place of woundedness, when you can see the woundedness, not as a defect, but ultimately as a gift that can make us strong, that's when we become really powerful.
1: You're clearly focused on keeping an optimistic, upbeat viewpoint, you know, look up in hope kind of thing. You said you were a philosophy major. I'm not sure that I think of Plato as being terribly optimistic. I don't think he's necessarily pessimistic either. Uh, what are your optimistic influences? Is it just personal, or is it? are there other places you drew on for that?
2: I think it's at least partly a matter of just personal experience and experimentation. Ha- having tried pessimism and found that although in some senses there's a satisfaction in feeling pessimistic and in seeing clearly how bad things really are, and, and you can tell yourself, well, it may be awful, but at least I'm being realistic. And there's a certain satisfaction in that. While there is that satisfaction, and there's certainly a a tendency to want to go that way and and just become pessimistic and and say, everything's going to hell in a handbasket, I find that ultimately it's not practical. It's not useful, except as a first step. So you look at the economic situation, or you look at the wars, and you look at all the dreadful things that are going on in the environment. And if you focus there, It's going to be really hard to live the kind of life that we want to lead. So I think it's a place to start, that kind of pessimism. But once you've seen it, then in order to take action in the world, in order to make a difference, in order to live that kind of life, you have to make a decision for optimism, to make a a choice of beliefs and a choice to focus on the things that are uplifting You don't have to be a Pollyanna. You don't have to pretend that the bad things aren't happening, but to simply notice the bad things, see them as clearly and realistically as possible, and then make a choice of attention to things that are more optimistic so that we can move and make patterns for ourselves of where we want to go and what we want the world to look like as something different from the the negativity that we're seeing. I would also say that an influence for optimism in my life was my mother, who didn't ever want to talk about things that were bad. She had uh, two prayers that she had posted on the inside of one of the kitchen cupboards. And one was a prayer from Julian of Norwich, All things are well, and all things are well, and every small thing shall be well. And another one was a fragment of a prayer from St. Teresa of Avila. And it began, Let nothing alarm you, let nothing dismay you. Both of those prayers have stayed in my mind for years. And when my mother passed on, I, I was thinking about her legacy to me. And I thought those two prayers are part of her legacy to me, part of a way of looking at the world. And also the the idea that no matter what goes wrong and no matter what passes, the things that are truly good, the things that are in accordance with the principles of light and love and compassion and joy and beauty, they'll survive, still have a power that persists in the world after the things themselves are
1: gone. I think we're going to listen to that song. It is All Shall Be Well by Eileen McGann.
3: All shall be Nothing dismay you, for all shall be joy in the end. And at the day's close, you'll find yourself held in the comforting arms of a friend. For nothing can take you away from my heart, though your steps lead away from my door. Carry within you an unchanging part of the love that is yours evermore.
1: Some reminder of the words of Julian of Norwich: "All shall be well." The song is by Eileen McGann. She's with us here today for "Song of the Soul," and I'm your host, Mark Helpsmeet. This is a Northern Spirit Radio production. Our website is northernspiritradio.org. Come to my site to find all of our archives of the past five and a half years. You can find links to our guests, including Eileen McGann and others. And you can leave us a comment, and we love to hear from you. We are speaking, as I said, with Eileen McCann, sharing a lot of wonderful music of her soul. And I wanted to say, Eileen, it sounds to me like you've consciously chosen to be a spiritual presence in music. And when you were referring to your kind of earlier activist time, it sounds like you weren't there yet. Was there any kind of crystallizing experience or something that led you to embody so clearly spirituality in your music?
2: I think it's always been there. It became more explicit, I think, as I've gotten older and gained a bit more clarity and maturity. I think in in my earlier albums, the spirituality often came out in my songs about nature. Some of my ideas and thoughts on the way that I approached the world have become clearer since I got an injury in the early 90s. I injured my shoulder quite badly when I was on tour. And in trying to find ways of healing and in trying to find ways of dealing with ongoing pain, I basically looked at everything. I looked at every healing modality that was out there. I looked at every spiritual modality that was out there and gathered a lot of wonderful advice and wisdom and thoughts and so I think that that injury itself was a, uh, if there was any turning point, it might have been that where I was forced to look for something beyond what I was already thinking. Up to that point, I'd been more about external activism, of focusing on justice issues and world issues and politics. My injury forced me a little bit to turn a little more inside and to look for ways of healing myself before trying to heal the world or at least working together and and then seeing, as I learned, the parallels between healing the spirit and working to heal the world, that the the same healing principles apply to both physical healing of the body, healing of the spirit.
1: Let's have a little bit more of your music. We're getting close to the end of the hour here, and I'd like to get in a couple more songs. Where would you care to lead us on your Song of the Soul journey?
2: The song Love and Light Surround Me is a prayer that is asking for the kind of help and guidance that I think really does come to us. This is this is personal experience speaking here. If I ask for it and allow myself to be open for it, help will come. And I don't know explicitly where it comes from. I don't have a theology or a doctrine that tells me exactly where it comes from, but I do know experientially that if I ask for help and am open to the help, that it will come. And the challenge for me is to have that openness, to allow myself to accept the help and love that will come and sometimes it comes explicitly from other people sometimes it comes in a feeling or in a different kind of upliftment that comes when i need it most and this is a song about that and also what we were just speaking about working on healing from the inside healing myself and seeing how the forces that heal me can help to heal the world as well And, and that's all embodied in this song
3: Give me courage, keep me strong In body, mind, and soul Help me sing my finest song Let love and light surround me Love and light surround me Love and light surround me 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 sing my finest song. Let love and light surround me. Grant me vision to see the road and grace to haunt Surround me, laugh and leave that heavy load. Let love and light surround me. Love and light surround me. Help me build a brighter world, starting with my soul as I take the steps to make me whole. Let love and light surround me. So give me courage, keep me strong in body, mind, and
4: soul. Help me sing my
3: finest song. Let love and light surround me. Love and light surround me, love and light surround me, love and light surround me, help me sing my finest song. Let love and
4: light surround me.
1: From Eileen McGann's Light CD. Love and Light is the song you just heard. You say these things so well and so beautifully. Clearly you've gone in a very optimistic direction. What other parts of your theology have changed? Or maybe theology isn't exactly the word. You know, you don't have need for creeds. And since I'm a Quaker, I'm in that same place. We don't have creeds. Do you have any ideas about where you've gone from and where you've gone toward?
2: I think it's largely been a movement away from a structured, theological, hierarchical view of seeing spirit through the lens of religion to seeing spirit as part of everything, and quite separate from any particular creed or set of doctrines. So for me, it's about exploration, and it's about checking that I'm moving in the direction that I want to move, which is, as I said, the direction of things like truth, justice, beauty, community, music, creativity, so I try to focus my direction by looking at at these touchstones and making sure that I'm in line with them. As far as any specific theology goes, for instance, the afterlife, which is a focus of, of much theology, I'm pretty much open. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm pretty sure that if the world has been created by a loving, creative, joyful being, then the afterlife must Be loving, joyful, and creative. Getting back to Plato, when Socrates was dying, they had a a conversation between him and his friends about what comes next. He basically said, There's no reason to mourn here because whatever comes next, it's either going to be something or it's going to be nothing. If it's going to be nothing, well, then I won't know about it and it's no big deal. If it's going to be something, then what's it likely to be? And my answer is, it's likely to be in line with what I believe is what the creator of the universe is about. Love, light, creativity, joy. So in writing the song, When I Go, that's on my new album, Pocket Full of Rhymes, I was looking at ways of looking at dying and the fact that many cultures have a tradition of joyful dying songs, happy dying songs. And Western culture mostly doesn't. We mostly have requiems and dirges that are about the sorrow of loss. So I wanted to see if I could write a song that would be a happy dying song that would look at all the different options and see that no matter what happens, It's probably good.
1: We'll take you out for today's Song of the Soul with Eileen McGann by listening to her song, When I Go. And I have to say, Eileen, I'm sorry to see you go. I do hope I can welcome you back soon for Spirit in Action, but it's been great getting to know you, and your music is so beautiful. Thank you for sharing it.
2: Thank you so much, Mark. It's been a pleasure.
1: When I Go, Eileen McGann. Mm.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Where will my spirit flow when I go? When I go, where will my spirit flow when I leave this place? Where will my spirit fly? By and by, by and by and Where will my spirit fly
1: when I leave this place?
3: to earth, try another human birth, this time focus on the mirth, when I leave this place, will I come back as a dog, or an eagle, or a frog, or a bug, upon a log, when I leave this place, where will my spirit flow, when I go, when I go, where will my spirit flow, When I leave this place Where will my spirit fly By and by, by and by and
1: Where will my spirit fly
3: When I leave this place Maybe I will be a tree Rooted deep but waving free On a mountain by the sea When I leave this place Maybe I will travel far Look back from a distant star How I'll wonder what you are When I leave this place Where will my spirit flow When I go, when I go Where will my spirit flow When I leave this place Where will my spirit fly By and by, by and by and Where will my spirit fly When I leave this place Maybe there'll be nothing there Earth, no water, fire, no air I won't know, so I won't care When I leave this place Ah, maybe I'll see heaven's light Shining bright, shining bright Joy and chocolate, day and night When I leave this place Where will my spirit flow when I go? When I go, where will my spirit flow when I leave this place? Where will my spirit fly? By and by by and by and where will my spirit fly when I leave this place? By and by By and by and by and by Leave this place. Where will my spirit fly? By and by, by and by, and where will my spirit fly when I leave this place?
1: The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson and it's called Song of the Soul.
0: Sing out a song of the soul.